If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. I want to ask you a question this morning as you're turning there. How many of you guys love somebody? Whoops, sorry, Jimmy. About to knock you off the stage. How many of you guys love somebody? You have someone that you love. Everybody ought to raise their hand. We all have somebody that we love. Maybe kids, spouses, uh, family members, mom, dad. And so I got to thinking about this. If we, when we love somebody, what do we uh, want to do for them? How do we want them to feel? Want them to feel loved, right? Do we want to do things that make them happy? Yeah, I mean, we naturally, we want, you know, we want to do things to make them happy. We obviously want to avoid things that make them unhappy. And, and so let, let's just take a step back. So we are able to love. Why are we able to love? Hmm? Because of Christ. Yeah, because the Bible tells us that we love because Christ loved us first, because God loved us first. And so I got to thinking about this whole deal. And someone, if you took the time, if you didn't, I would encourage you to go back. I shared a sermon uh, this week on Facebook by a guy named Jim Cimbala. Uh, Jim has wrote a number of outstanding books. But he, he begins his, his, this message, and it was such a fitting message for what we were talking about this morning. But he begins his message with this same question. You know, when we love somebody, we want to do for them what makes them happy. We want to do things for them. And then he, he, he expanded out and he said, let's think about God. Now, how many of us in here uh, love God, right? We're, we're here this morning. We're here because we want to worship him. We're here because we want to grow spiritually. Um, and so we're here because we love him. But we also understand that God loves us, right? And we know that. Like, we know that God loves us. And so what does God do for us that makes us happy. Well, let's think about some of the things that he does. He saved us, right? That makes us happy. That's no small task, not something to take for granted, that he saved us and we know the high price that it cost him to save us. Uh, he, he forgives us. Those of us who are sinners, <laughs> all of us, right? Like we know what that means, like to feel the weight of that sin come off of us. We know what that's like. That's something he did that makes us happy, that we no longer have to live under the weight and the guilt and the shame of that sin, but now we get to live in the freedom of Christ. He provides for us. He protects us. He watches over us. He leads us. He guides us. He directs us. All these things he does for us because he loves us. Now, let's flip that around. What can we do for God that makes God happy? Now, I would say that us being here, right, makes God happy. Telling others. That's a good one, Jerry. Matter of fact, that's what this morning's going to be all about. What is at the center? What is at the center so us being here makes God happy. Us reading our Bibles makes God happy. Us praying makes God happy. But what makes God happiest? And Jerry said it if you heard him. Let me, let me throw a verse up here. Uh, we got Luke 19.10 up there. We got that on there, JP. Let me throw this up there. For the Son of Man came to do what? Seek and to save the lost. In God's heart, all that fills God's heart, all the things that he does, 
the thing that is at the very center of it. The thing that he, I believe, cares more deeply about than anything else is when people come to know him as Lord and Savior. What's the Bible tell us? That the angels in heaven rejoice when one comes to know Christ. That there is a party in heaven over one soul being saved. And we know the great price that Jesus paid. If we, John 3, 16, we know the great price that Jesus paid so that he says, what's, the, what's that verse tell us? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever, that whoever, and that's anybody, that whoever believes in him would what? Not what? Perish. What's perish mean? Die? Is it just death? It's not just dying because we know we all die. Like one of these days, this body's going to fail me and I'm going to die. But to perish is a death. Like, so we're spiritual beings. We are both physical and we have a soul. And so that perish is that soul is eternally separated from God. He said, I don't want any to perish. But he said, but would have what? Eternal life. Hear about... Oh, a year and a half ago, I guess it was the beginning of, of 2017, we introduced some new core values to the church. Four things, very simple to understand, very simple to, to memorize, but there were four of them. The first one was to gather, that we believed that as a church and as, as a church, specifically this church, we believed in gathering and specifically gathering you know, around the gospel, gathering uh, with God's word as our foundation, that this is what would be one way of us gathering, uh, that we gather uh, in fellowship, we gather together to worship, that it is important for the church to be together. He doesn't say, hey, I want you to go into your homes and just worship as a family, but Jesus established a church. He brings the church together because it was important to him. And so gather was one of the things that we believe. And I believe in a local church, a church that's in our communities and in our homes where you know, we can come and, 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 and distance does not permit us from being a part of the local body. The second thing was, so we gather. The second thing is we grow we believe that we are to grow spiritually. I believe also that we are to grow numerically, that our job is not to have a church gathering that's like, you know, where we circle the wagons and we huddle in, wait for Jesus to come back and, and, and just take care of our own intrinsic needs. But we are to, to grow. And so we have done the best we can on Sunday mornings and through Sunday school and providing opportunities that we can grow spiritually. And one of my biggest blessings as your pastor is to watch how uh, many of you have grown spiritually over the course of the last eight years that I've been able to witness it. And many of you, your maturity and your growth even extends well beyond that. But to watch as God has, has developed in us and led us and, 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 and caused some things to grow in us. Now, some of you have stepped up to the plate and, and stepped up to different challenges that maybe eight years ago or six years ago or five years ago or a year ago, you'd never do, but now you're doing. And it's amazing to watch and it's a blessing to be a part of. And so we grow. And so part of that growth is our Sunday morning worship where we study God's word. It's Wednesday night. But there's, a, but there's also a personal responsibility to that, that we are spending time at home in the study of God's word. And, and, and God's allowing that growth to happen uh, even as the church at large is not gathered together. 
The third thing was give. Now this carries uh, several different meanings, but you get the idea that, that we give of our time, we give of our talents, we give of our treasures if you want to keep the T theme going, but we are to give, and basically this is giving toward the gospel. We give so that the ministry of this church can function. We give so that uh, we can provide for the needs of, of, our, of, our, of our church, of our community. But we, we give in those ways. We give of our talents because we need teachers. We need singers. We need people who have talents and areas to go about and do some things. So we are a church that believes giving, and oftentimes giving sacrificially is a part of our DNA. It is who we are. It's who God commands us to be, but it's also, as I've been able to witness over the last eight years, it's something about who we are. Like, we're not, we're not immune or, or, or opposed to giving when giving is, is necessary. And so we give. And then the last thing was, uh, was go. So we have gather, give, grow, and go. Now, I'm going to be completely honest with you. Uh, these came to me when, when I was out here, uh, uh, would have been... This time a year, about two years ago, I was out doing kind of a prayer walk around the church. <laughs> Funny enough is when I was praying for this property over here to open up, and lo and behold, it burned down, and we got it. But I, was, I remember just walking around the church, just praying about what the future of our church looks like. And for some reason, go, no, I did not light the fire. So just, <laughs> I see some of you like, well, did he, did he have something to do that? No, I did not. I did not, I did not. So if this is ever used as, you know, what happened, get someone in court, you know, if they ever listened to this sermon, I was not the one who did it. But I remember just praying and, and praying about what the future of our church looked like, and go was one of those things. And, and it's no, you know, it's, it's not, it doesn't come as news to you. I have mentioned several times from the pulpit my desire for this slew of young people we have uh, coming up through our church, that we would see some of them answer the call to, to ministry, whether it's missionary or that they would be pastors or, or church leaders, but they would, that we would see that kind of interest grow up in them. But also that we as a church would be a church that understood that part of us giving and part of us growing would involve going on mission trips. And being, and being active in uh, mission support. And so we do Show Me Sunday, which we've kind of gotten out of the habit of announcing. Uh, and so this is my public reminder to, if you don't see it in the bulletin, the last Sunday of every month is Show Me Sunday. It's where we give. Show Me shares are, are like $25 a, a month. Um, basically, it just goes to support missionaries. But I, those are the type of things that I had in mind. And then <laughs> this year happened. And I've been talking a long time about just feeling like there was something that, that God was preparing us to do. Now, I don't know if you remember back that long, but we announced these core values, spent four or five weeks studying these things, and then we launched into a series on Nehemiah. If you don't remember what that, the, the series subtitle of that was called uh, Rise and Build, and we studied the, the story of a man named Nehemiah who uh, went into his old home stomping grounds. Actually, he, wasn't, he never lived there, but it was his ancestral home where the Israelites lived, Jerusalem. And he had found out that the city was under destruction. Man, there wasn't anything going for it, and it was just a broken-down city. The people really had no identity. And he, he, God lays on his heart to go into this community and begin rebuilding the walls around the city 
And we find that, that in a very short period of time, he gathers the people together. They rebuild these walls. And, and, and despite all the outside forces that are working against them, that they rebuild this city. And, 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 and God really does some magnificent things there. That's crucial for us. Because when I preach through that, I preach through that for us, for this church, and what it would look like for us. And, and there was a point in there that we said, you know, and in 52, or in so many days, they had like half the wall built. And I made the comment that I kind of felt like it for us as a church, that we were kind of at some sort of like halfway point. Like we were, we had a foundation laid, but there was something God was going to build on top of it. And so, uh, Several months ago, I saw something on Facebook. So those of you who think Facebook is bad, Facebook was good in this instance. And I saw a picture that, that a ministry leader in our state had posted. And I saw it, and I began praying over it. And I didn't know really where God was going to lead until I came to this passage uh, in Luke chapter 10. So if you have your Bibles, Luke chapter 10 it's, you know, it's amazing that for you could read this same passage, and for you it's going to mean something a little bit different. But for me, this is what kind of solidified what I'm going to present to you this morning uh, as something, it's something new. This church has never done this. In fact, I don't know of what I'm going to share with you this morning. I don't know of very many Free Will Baptist churches that have done it at all. Uh, matter of fact, in, in the way things typically go, it's not something that we, that we traditionally do. Um, but it is something that uh, I believe God has laid on our heart and has laid on the heart of uh, the leadership of this church. Uh, and this was really the, um, the nail, so to speak, for me. Um, in Luke chapter 10, Jesus is, is, is with the disciples. And he's been spending some time training them. And in Luke chapter 10, he sends them out. And he says this. He said, after, uh, after this, um, and, he, and, and the, after this, he tells them about the cost of following Jesus. That there's a cost. That it's not just like, let me serve you when it's convenient. And let me serve you when it's easy. Let me serve you when it doesn't uh, require any sacrifice. He says, listen, there is a cost to serving him. And, and, and he says, well, after this, he says, the Lord appointed uh, 72 others and sent them on ahead of him two by two into every town and place where he himself was about to go. So you would kind of picture in yourself, he's sending kind of a, a welcoming party. He's sending these two by two, these two guys out, and they're going to all these communities where ultimately Jesus is going to be going, and he sends in these communities to kind of break the ground and begin to prepare the place for the message that Jesus is bringing. And so in verse two, he says, and he said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. He's saying, guys, listen to me. There's a harvest out there and the harvest is ripe and the harvest is ready. You have not sown the seeds. I've sown them. The harvest is ready. Now we just need some people, and there's just a few of us, but we need some people to come in, and we need them to, to sow this or to reap the harvest. And he says, so he says, therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And then he says this, go your way. Now, I stopped there. And I underline that, and it is circled, and it is parentheses, 
And it is, every, and it is uh, it's, it, I've got it all marked up in my Bible. And he says this, go your way, behold, I'm sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. And I read that, and I thought about it, and I prayed over it, and I went to the board, our church board with it, and I said, here's something I feel like God is laying on our heart, or laying on my heart. And, and just to add some weight to it, those of you that were, you know, kind of remember back in the beginning when I first got here, my level of conviction about this thing that I'm about to share with you is the same level of conviction it was when in September of 2009, I came to this church for the first time. And I wasn't here in any obligation. I came to fill a pulpit, but I was interested in coming and being the pastor. And so I remember coming here, and it was Labor Day weekend of 2009, and I remember going home after that weekend, and I started shopping for houses. Like, I was that convinced that this was ultimately where God was going to have me. And this is the same type of conviction for what I'm going to share with you now that I felt, man, almost nine years ago, just, just over eight years ago, that when I came here. Here back in the, in the early spring, um, there's a church in Conway called the Calvary Free Will Baptist Church. And that church had to close down. And so, um, to be honest with you, there's always been something like, not really, I would, I would describe it as a holy discontent. That there was always something inside of me that said, listen, things are so good here. But this isn't all that God wants us to do. Like, that's it, not it. Like, there's something else. And, I, and you know, I, I look at what some of the other churches in this community are doing, and I'm like, well, we really couldn't do that. And, and, and well, there's only room for really one church to be involved in this. And so then I look at something else, and I'm thinking, well, there's three other churches in the community that are doing this. And the more I thought about it, the more, and the more I prayed about it, the more God was just stirring me up that there was something, that there was something for us to do. There was something that God wanted us to be a part of. But, he, but the preparation wasn't yet done. And so I saw this thing on Conway, and I thought, man, what a shame it is. Because I, I don't know how many of you really follow a lot of free will Baptist stuff or even, even church stuff at all other than what's going on inside our doors. But there's a huge shortage of pastors, huge shortage of pastors. In Missouri alone, we probably got six or eight churches right now that want pastors but can't find pastors. We also have a lot of church doors closing. In the, in, the, in the 12 years that I've been a part of the denomination, we've probably seen, I don't know, 30 to 40 churches close. And that's just been in the last 12 years. And there's probably more that kind of fell under the radar just because we weren't aware of them. And that's just inside our denomination. That's not Southern Baptist. That's not Methodist. That's not Presbyterian. That's not Assembly of God. And I saw, I saw that Frank had posted about, you know, this church was having their last service. And I thought, how sad that another church is, is closing its doors. But then something inside of me began to stir. And I thought to myself, you know, I'm young, 35. Conway's really not that far away. And then I thought, how many people we have, I started counting on my, hand, my hands the number of families that we had from Conway. So I pitched an idea to 
our church board and to a few families that I thought would be, at, well, first to the church board, then to some, a few families. And here's basically what I'm going to share with you. And then as a church, in a, in, in, on the last Wednesday of the month, which is like May 30th, we're going to have a vote on this. So I want you to mark that calendar. But here's basically what I want us to do. I want this church, us, to go to Conway and plant a second location. It's going to be First Church. It's going to be us. But it's going to be on a Sunday night. So there, our Sunday mornings will happen here as normal. But on Sunday night, we, not all of us per se, but this church will go to Conway and we will launch a second, second location. It's not going to be a separate church. It's going to be a separate location. I've been praying about what the future looks like for our church. And one of the things that I keep coming back to is this one church, many locations. Many meaning more than just in Lebanon on Sunday morning. There is a field ripe for harvest in Conway, Missouri. We're not going to attract everybody, but I told the board, I said, is it, is, it worth, is it worth whatever investment we have to go down there for 50 people? If we have 50 people, attend, I couldn't tell you the last time 50 people were in the doors of that church down there. But would it be worth it for 50 people? And I shared this on a Wednesday night just to be praying about it, just so that I could kind of solidify what the vision was going to look like for, the, for our church, what it was going to look like for down there. And I had a young man come up to me after service, and he said, he, he had shared a couple things with me, and he said, he said, Andy, I'm just going to tell you, he said, I think if you're thinking just 50, you're thinking way too small. He said, I think if we can replicate and recreate here what we have here down there, he said, I think you're going to see a whole lot of people come through the doors of that church and want to be a part of a congregation like that. Now, you guys aren't strangers to this. You're here because you like this church. You're here because you like the people in it. You're here because when you came the first time, it felt like home. And the more and more I think about this, the more and more I think about the local church. Some of us live in that, some of you live in that Conway, Niangua, Raider, Morgan community. You live in that area. And one of the benefits we have in being in Lebanon is we, as, as people who live here, get to invite people to a church in our own community. We would say, hey, come to church with me. Where do you go to church? Well, I go to First Free Will here in Lebanon. Okay. I hope you're inviting people to church because let me just add something else to this. This isn't us taking our evangelistic ministry and taking it to Conway. This is us understanding that God is calling this church to have two different fields to harvest from. It doesn't eliminate the harvest here in Lebanon. It doesn't eliminate God's desire to see people saved right here and, and his calling on each one of our lives to go and make disciples. It doesn't eliminate that. Instead, we're expanding, we're expanding the, the, the field that's ripe for harvest. We're saying, look, we understand that there's a field ripe for harvest right here in Lebanon. And we understand that God's calling us to continue ministering to those people right here in Lebanon. But God's also calling us to Conway. He's saying, I want you to go here and I want you to plan. I want you to understand something. I'm not a risk taker. 
Like I'm not one that flippantly just says, hey, let's just, hey, this is open. Let's just go try this. This is something that, that I've been praying about for months. I'm saying, God, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? And this is, and this is basically the, the result of all those prayers. As he's saying, listen, this, I want you to go your way. And first church, this is our way. This is the, the, the place that God is, is sending us to. This is the place that God wants us to go to. This is the, the work that we're to do. And, not, and this isn't, listen, not every church can do this. I believe God has uniquely prepared us. Uh, those of you who've been here for a long time, you remember what it was like eight, nine years ago. And now, instead of, and, and, and by God's grace, our church doors didn't close. Conway's did. And so we have an opportunity to go down there and to begin a new work, a new plant. And, I, and, and to me, this excites me. I'm, I'm excited by local church ministry. I have no dreams or aspirations of ever leaving this area. None. I want to go anywhere. I want to be here. I want to be with you. I want God to do things through us that, that only God can do. And church, this is it. Like this is, this, this is for us is, is what the, the, at least the, the, the next few years looks like is us having a, a community of believers here that says, you know what, we believe that, that God wants us to go. That it's not just about us coming here and, and circling the wagons here and doing things here, but it's about we believe God wants us to gather and we believe that God not only wants us to gather in Lebanon, but God wants us to create a gathering in Conway and then have a church there that reaches out to that community and that a person can come to it. It doesn't matter what they make. It doesn't matter what their job is. It doesn't matter what their last name is. It doesn't matter what they look like. It doesn't matter how many kids they have, if they even have any kids, that they have a place they can come and they can worship and they can feel at home. And that's what I want us to take down there. That's what I want us to go down there and recreate is just this same home family feeling in another community where our Niangua and Conway and, and Raider people can say, listen, I want you to come to church with me. Well, I can't drive to Lebanon. No, but you can drive 10 minutes up the road to Conway, can't you? Well, yeah, I can do that. And bam, we've got the same thing set up right down there. And I understand that, I mean, here's the deal. We, we have a tendency to think of faith, and we think faith is like one of those deals where like, you know, I want to know exactly how this is going to turn out. Because to be honest with you, the way my mind operates, if I, if I think I'm going to go down here for six months and we're going to invest this and I'm going to sacrifice the time and the energies and the effort to go down here and get this second uh, this second first church gathering started, like I don't want to know that in six months it's going to fail, right? But I also know that faith, there is a, inerrant in faith is a component of risk. And it's like that on everything, whether it's going and planting a church or it's stepping out to teach in an area that maybe you've never done that, or maybe God's leading your heart to teach and you've never taught before at all. You don't know how it's going to turn out. Faith involves risk. You cannot exercise faith without taking risk. You can't do it. it otherwise, it's not faith. 
Like it doesn't take faith for me, forgive me if this is sacrilegious, it doesn't take faith for me to come and stand on a pew. That's not faith for me. Like I just know this pew is going to hold me. It doesn't take a whole lot of faith for me to walk out and start my car. Matter of fact, I'd be shocked if my battery's dead. You watch, it's probably dead this morning. <laughs> if I got there, so don't leave. Make sure someone stays to jump me before we head out of here. But that does, those things aren't faith things for me. They're not really for you either. Faith is whenever God says, hey, here's something I want you to do, but you don't know how it's going to turn out. You don't know what it's going to look like. But I'm telling you, this is what God is, as your pastor, this is where I feel God is leading us to go. And not just, and I want to stress something. This isn't going to be your pastor and a few volunteers going down here to do this. I want this to be a decision that we make as a church, that this is a first church church plant. We are, we are taking God's call to go into Judea, Samaria, and, and beyond. We're taking God's call to, to go and make disciples. Like It's not just about us and what God can do for us, but it's about what we're going to do for him, and this is what God is calling us to do, and so I want to be a part of it. Well, you may be asking yourself, how can you be a part of it? Number one is pray. Number one is pray. You pray over whether or not you're to go. Because here's what I've talked to some families, but I've not talked to all of you. But you know what I would love? I would love for people to walk in and see a church full of people down there. I would love for there to be faces down there that are smiling and welcoming people to church, creating the same atmosphere down there as we do here. Number two, you can participate. So you can pray whether or not God wants to use you. And don't use like the Christian way of saying, no, well, I just really don't feel like the Lord's just really not being clear. He'll be clear. But if he's clear, respond obediently. If his is a yes, like some of you, man, this is scratching an itch that you didn't even know you had. Like this is right up your alley. You're like, I can do this. Like I can go and be a friendly face. I can go and be a part. I can go and serve in a nursery so that we don't have to take the new church folks and shove them into an area. Like I want to go and I want to staff this thing and then eventually turn it over to the Conway, back over to Conway community where if you're living in Lebanon, you don't have to drive to Conway every Sunday. But I want us to understand that there's some of our folks now that live in Conway and live in some of those communities down there that are sacrificing every Sunday to come and be here with us. And so I don't think it's too much to ask for us to go down and help them plant a church in their community and reach out to their friends and reach out to their neighbors so that we can grow a second congregation. So pray. Pray over the leadership. Pray over uh, the needs. Pray that God would provide. But the second thing is participate. That you go and you're a participant in it. It may be that you come, you want to be here on Sunday morning because you want to worship with this church family, but on Sunday night you say, you know what, I can go down there on Sunday night and I can go down there and listen to Andy preach the, the, the message again and I can go down there and be a friendly face and smile and greet people and make them feel welcome. I can do that. We can all pray. God's not going to call all of us to participate. But he is going to call many of you to participate. So he wants you to do that. And then the third thing is to, is to provide. Now, that's one of the reasons why I want us to vote on this as a church, because there are some things we're going to need to do that are going to be a financial investment. There are going to be some walls that need to be painted. There's going to be some updates we're going to want to make, because it's not going to be the same church that's always been in Conway, Missouri. It's going to be this church going down there and planting a new church. 
or a second location. That would be the more accurate words to use. But maybe it's to provide. I mean, we'll need some, some sound equipment that they don't have down there. We're going to need uh, some, some supplies for our teachers to make sure they're staffed there like they are here. We're going to do some painting because we want the children's area to be bright and have the same feel that our children's area has here. Basically, if your child is going to go to children's church there or they go to church, children's church here, their room's going to be the same color. Their wall is going to have the same accent wall. That if they go to the pink room there and they decide to come to the home church on Sunday morning, all they got to do is find the pink room and that's where their ch- child's going to go. Like it is going to be a second location of us. We're going to need to put some TVs up. We're going to have to buy some stuff to get things off the ground. So maybe God has just let you say, you know what? I'm not really necessarily feeling like I need to, I'm to go down there and participate, but God is calling me to, to provide something. And so here, we're, here's a gift, and, or here's this, or here's that. Or I can go down there and I can serve and get in the building power washed and kind of cleaning some stuff up. But I want us to understand that if we do this, we're doing this thing together. This is not going to be a group, a small group of people going down and doing something separate from the church. This is us going down and doing the same thing down there. Now, Wednesday night, if you have any questions, Wednesday night, I'm going to flesh this vision out a little bit more. What do I think is, what's it going to look like in six months? What's it going to look like in 12 months after the start? What's the future of this look like? What does this mean for us? What's What's it going to do for you as our pastor? It's not going to do anything for me. Because long-term, we're, I'd like to hire a campus guy down there where his job is just to minister to, to, to Conway and to do something greater for the, for the body of believers. But I'm going to answer some of those questions. But I want you to be praying about this because we're going to vote on this as a church. Because we're going to do this as a church. I will share this with you, though. I feel like if we can go down there and be successful down there in Conway, that's just the beginning. I don't think it's ever going to change the ministry here but I do feel like there's an open door and an opportunity for this church to, to, not, to not be just waiting on someone else. Boy, I really wish someone would go and plant a church in this area. But we can see a need and we can say, you know what, let's bring a guy in, let's train a guy with the express purpose that he's gonna go here because we feel like you know, we, can, we can minister to people and reach people with the gospel. Why? Because people need to be saved, Amen. People need to be saved. They need to be saved in Lebanon. And I believe that there is a group of people that God has prepared for this church to go to Conway, Missouri and minister with the gospel there. Maybe no one else is ministering to them. Maybe nobody's ministering to them effectively. But there's not another church in Lebanon like this one. Maybe similarities size-wise, maybe similarities worship-wise, maybe similarities preaching, but there's not another first church in Lebanon, Missouri. And folks, there are people right here in this community that God is preparing the harvest for us to go and reap. He says the harvest is ready. You know what that means for us? That means we need to go and be laborers in the field. You know what I like about that word laborer? I'm gonna close with this. You know what I like about the word laborer? He doesn't say farmer, right? I'm not a farmer, I know absolutely nothing about farms. I don't know anything about cattle. I don't know anything about horses. I don't know anything about emus. I don't know anything about llamas. I don't know anything about goats. Like, I don't know anything about farming at all. I know you got animals. You got to feed them and fence them in. That's all I know. Like, that's it. But God doesn't, Jesus doesn't say, hey, 
the fields are ripe for harvest. I need some farmers that know what they're doing. He says, no, I need laborers. You know what I'm good at? I can be a laborer. Can't you? I can go to the farmer and I can say, hey, buddy, I'm here. What do you want me to do? And they say, there's a tree over here that needs cut down. Can you go cut it down? I can do that. Hey, there's a field over here with rocks. Can you pick up rocks? You bet I can pick up rocks. Hey, they're going to be cutting the grain. Can you go and bundle it up? Yeah, can you drive a tractor? Not great, but I can chuck a bale of hay. Okay, then. He doesn't want farmers. He doesn't want cattlemen. He doesn't say anything. He says, I need laborers. I need people to just say that can go to the leader. And guess who the leader is in this whole thing? It's Jesus. Go to Jesus and say, hey, Jesus, man, I'm a laborer. Show me where I need to go. Show me the field that you have given me that is ripe for harvest. And that doesn't matter if we're going to Conway, we're staying right here. The field is right for harvest. There are people in Lebanon, Missouri, and Conway, two fields for us to go and minister to. For some of us, it's just strictly here in Lebanon. For others, you're going to have two fields. For others, you're just going to have the one in Conway. I don't know what God's calling you to do. But I do know this. There are people that you are in your sphere of influence right now that God has primed their hearts and you're the person to go and share the gospel with them. You are. You're the one to go and invite them to come to church. Statistics show that 80% of people, if they don't already have a church to go to, 80% of unchurched people, if you invite them, will come to church with you. But you gotta invite them. Now, there may be extenuating circumstances. They got, I got one lady I've been inviting, inviting, inviting. She works a lot of Sundays. And it's just not possible right now. You know, I've been praying, Lord, don't, make her, don't let her work on Sundays anymore. Give her a Sunday off. So she can come and be with us. Because she tells me every time I walk in, she's like, hey, I'm still going to come to church sometime. I just got to get some time off. And just keep sharing. Just keep inviting. But that, this is exciting to me. An opportunity for us to, to really, that these, aren't, these core values just aren't pithy sayings. We gather, we grow, we give, we go. We gather, we go, we give, we go. But this is God two and a half, two years ago preparing us for something, preparing us for something now. We got eight to 10 families, families, not eight to 10 people, eight to 10 families that live down there, and I'll call it the greater Conway area, that live in that greater Conway area. I would love to have 10 to 15 more families join us at least to go down there and help plant a church. So Wednesday night, if you have questions, come and ask those questions. Um, come ready for those questions. Come ready with those questions. Um, we'll kind of, I'll share a little bit more vision about what that's going to look like down there again, a six-month, 12-month, when are we going to start it? Uh, you know, how long are we going to give it? Those type of deals. Um, but we're going to vote on this as a church on, uh, who's got a calendar out? Double check that May 30th. Is May 30th a Wednesday night? Is it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. May 30th is going to be the night we're going to vote on that. So you want to be here? You want to have a say in that? Um, now, I will say this as we prepare for this vote. This is not a yes if I'm going and no if I'm not vote. This is just us saying Yes, we believe that this is what God's calling us to do. So yes, we're gonna, we are giving our approval for our church to go down there and use our resources in that community to help plant a church there. Um, I will say this, it's with partnership with the mission board that we're doing this. Right now, our only expenses in doing this church plant 
is going to be insurance, which is about $145 a month, and utilities. That's it. We don't have to buy a building. We got a building down there. We don't, all we're going to have is those expenses and whatever we put into the building. Uh, we won't do any extra hiring. I'll be going on there and preaching in the evening. Um, and so those will be the type of questions that we'll ask or that can be asked and answered um, this Wednesday night. We'll have that meeting. And so if that's something you're interested in or you want some more information on that, um, come and be a part of be a part of that. I'm excited about it. Right. Yes. We know that well, don't we? <laughs> we know that, and that's why I'm saying, like, this is a church thing, because kids, kids draw kids, young families draw young families, and so that's why I'm saying we want to go down there with fifty to seventy-five people, and we want kids to be down there. And listen, I understand. It's sacrifice. I get that. No one gets that more than I do. It's sacrifice. I, I was talking to another pastor friend. He said, are you up for this? And I said, oh, yeah. Like, I'm up for it. But it's, we know that it's going to be that. We know that it's going to, and it's going to be sacrifice on our part. It's not going to be a long-term one. I'm not going to ask you on there for five years. Eventually, we'll just, we'll start fading out, and they'll start coming in. For some of us, you're going to be, you're going to have to endure and sacrifice listening to me twice on a Sunday. Oh, God. Right? But it is. We want families. We want all age groups down there. We don't want just young people. We don't want just old people. We want, to, we want to build a church, and a church not with one specific demographic. We want kids. We want kids. And so if you got kids, we want you there. We want your kids there. But at the same time, we want our senior adults. We want singles. We want married. We want this. We want it all. Like We want to build a church, and a healthy church has it all. They got every age group, every demographic, every socioeconomic status, all of it. And that's what we want down there. We want to build a church, and we want to help grow a church. And so we're going to go, and we're going to plant a church. Well, at least that's what I want to do, but it will all pend the approval of this body on Wednesday, May 30th. And so, um, again, come Wednesday night, I know that may be a sacrifice uh, it's the last week of school, a lot of things going on, but be here Wednesday night. Let's talk about it. Let's discuss it. I'll share with you a little bit more about what's been going on um, and, and some confirmation that this is something, because there's really been some other cool stuff that's been happening in some of the families of the church um, that are really a testimony to what God's been doing, even before I even mentioned any of this, what God had been moving on some hearts and some ways that God is just, I'm telling you, it's just kind of one of them things that it's just going to be a God steering the ship right? God's steering the ship. And, and my level of conviction on this is the same level of conviction it's been when I came here. Um, God's steering this thing. Uh, I have full confidence this is what God wants us to do and where God wants us to go and what this is going to be for, do for our church. Um, and so I'm asking you uh, as a body for us to, to receive this, to do this, to be willing to, to you know, I don't want to say roll the dice, but you know what I mean? Like just, I, I don't, to me, I don't feel like this is a dice rolling thing. I don't feel like this is something like, well, let's, let's give this a shot. It, it's not that. To me, I feel like God wouldn't call us there if there wasn't something he wanted us to do there. 
and, and he's provided a building, he's provided um, uh, an opportunity, um, and he's done some things in some lives of some other people. Maybe he's doing some things in yours, and you're just like, you know, I never thought about this, but I really like this idea. Part of, you know, you can be a missionary, and, and we're not asking you to go anywhere. We're asking you to drive 20 miles once a week uh, to be a part of something. And so uh, come Wednesday night, let's discuss more about it. If you have questions, write them down. Don't say, well, I'll remember. You won't remember. Um, or email me, um, text me, where I can be kind of thinking about uh, if it's something that's kind of not specific to the ministry of it, that maybe I haven't thought of it. And so that's one of the reasons why I want to do the question thing. We're not going to jump into this with both feet and no planning. Uh, we're going to plan, we're going to prepare, um, and when we launch, um, we're going to launch. So we'll have some, anyway, I'm getting into some minor details, but I want to just cast this, this big, it's a big step for us. This is not some small thing where like we're going to go across town and, you know, hook up a computer and just beam a service across town. This is us going somewhere and wanting to plant a thriving congregation and a, a congregation that will minister and evangelize that community um, that is an expansion of this church. I mean, it's, we're going to call it, for all intents and purposes, right now, the, it'll be called uh, First Church Conway. We'll be First Church Lebanon. There'll be the Conway Gathering. That's what's going to be on the sign unless we decide to do something different in the future. Um, it's going to be First Church. I mean, it's going to be us. Our name's going to be on